Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Church London catch-up service. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a passion to present Jesus to London and would love for you to be part of the adventure. So why not say hello to us by visiting our website manualchurchlondon.org so we can get back to you and say a bit more of a personal hello. Um, my name is Ben, for those of you that don't know, and uh, I help lead the church here, believe it or not, and I'm genuinely not a Take That fan, uh, but it's going to be great to speak to you today. And um, we're, we're right in the middle of a, a series in the book of Nehemiah, and that's in the Old Testament, uh, and we're working through this book, and uh, we started it a little while ago, and it's a series called Restored, and um, just to give you some, some brief highlights, I guess, it's about a man. This is, um, as I say, way before Jesus came from heaven to earth to, to die for us. It's so precious, just time of worship this morning, wasn't it? Just getting the reality of the cross and resurrection before us. Anyone enjoy it this morning? Jesus is good, isn't he? So good. And um, so this has happened ages before that. And there's a man called Nehemiah um, who essentially hears that Jerusalem, which is the city of God's people, um, people have been sort of going back there to try and rebuild it. It's in devastation. And he hears the news uh, and it breaks him. And his heart's broken. And um, he starts to talk to God to pray and fast and then goes back to Jerusalem to see the city restored and redeemed. And uh, we've been talking that through and talking about having different parts to play and how that relates to us in terms of building the church. And we're not uh, trying to build uh, a church in terms of a church building, but we are the the living bricks, the living stones. And so on the foundation of Jesus, we want to build Emmanuel Church London and see many people come to faith in him. And we've talked about opposition last week. We talked about justice uh, and injustice inside and outside of the church. Uh, And this week we get to a passage uh, where essentially the, the, the walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt. Uh, and it's a, it's a little bit like job done. And Nehemiah, and it's not job done, uh, Nehemiah starts to consider what to do next. And he starts to gather the people of God together. And we need to remember in this whole story that the motivation for Nehemiah was never just to build a pretty wall so that the nations around them would be like, wow, you guys are pretty good on the whole wall front. Uh, that's not what was going on in the heart of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was jealous for the person of God Because in the Old Testament, the dwelling place of God was Jerusalem. It's where the temple was. And he was jealous for the people of God to gather together. So I'm just going to read through this. It's in Nehemiah chapter 7. And I'll make some sense of it. And we'll we'll just work through it a little bit today. So this is in verse 66 in chapter 7. It says, The whole assembly together was 42,360, besides their male and female servants, of whom there were 7,337. And they had 245 singers. Got a bit of a way to go there for our worship team, but keep going. Good job. Uh, Male and female. Their horses were 736. I'm not going to make jokes as I go, otherwise it will be never-ending, won't it? Their mules, 245. Their camels, 435. And their donkeys, 6,720. Bring on the donkeys. Now, some of the heads of the fathers of the houses gave to the work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 darics of gold, 50 basins, 30 priests' garments, and 500 miners of silver. And some of the heads of the fathers of the house gave into the treasury of the work 20,000 darics of gold and 2,200 miners of silver. 
And what the rest of the people gave was 20,000 darics of gold, 2,000 miners of silver, and 67 priests' garments. So the priests of the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the temple servants, and all of Israel lived in their towns. And when the seventh month had come, the people of Israel were in their towns. As the story starts to progress, what we're going to see is really a restoration of the people. We're going to hear about the, the restoration of the word of God and moments of worship, and that's all coming in the story of Nehemiah. But it's important that we, we don't skip past moments like this. Today, we want to talk about gathering and giving. And by the grace of God and in his sovereignty, Emmanuel Church, this comes at a really timely moment. And it wasn't by choice that it's happened, but God seems to have led us somewhere, which is really exciting. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. What's going on in this passage essentially is that the people of God are gathering back because the house has been rebuilt. It's been re-established. And so people are coming back into this place and Nehemiah is counting and seeing who is there. And in addition to that, they're starting to give. The people of God are coming and they're giving for the rebuilding of the temple the rebuilding of God's dwelling place. And when we read through the Old Testament, we actually see moments like this happen quite a lot. Moments where the people of God come to the temple bringing offerings and sacrifices. And we may sort of think, well, it seems a little bit weird. It's a bit out there. Obviously, we, we don't believe in the temple like today in the same way. And what happens in the New Testament is, is surely radically different because Jesus comes and he's not after that at all. Actually, what happens when Jesus comes on the subject of money is the heat gets cranked right up. Because <laughs> Jesus doesn't just say, look, just at some points in your life, take some opportunity to give. Jesus says, I want all of you. I want your finance. I want your time. I want your thoughts. I want your actions. I want everything that you are. Come to me in full and I will give you life. Jesus and the Christian faith is not about half measures. It's not about sitting on the fence it's about receiving with open arms the grace of Jesus Christ, dying to everything else and pursuing him wholeheartedly. The story moves on though, doesn't it? So we, we know in the Old Testament this is what was happening. Jesus comes and Jesus teaches on money an awful lot and Jesus lays down his own life. He gives himself. He doesn't just bring an offering of some money. He lays down his own life for our sake. Why? Same motivation as Nehemiah, for the glory of Jesus Christ, to gather many people in that would be worshippers of him forever and ever and ever in his house. This is what's going on in the heart of Jesus as he dies on the cross. When Jesus was raised to life, it secured our salvation. Amen? You know that. When Jesus gave himself for us, it means that we can have relationship with him now. But if you know Jesus, if you're if you're a believer of Jesus Christ and you've been adopted into his family, there is a day that awaits all of us where we will gather around the throne of Christ and we will lift up holy hands and we will worship him and praise him without any barrier of sin or sickness, without any tears or hardship. That is our future and it is secure because of what Jesus has done for us. The story then continues and then Jesus goes back to be with the Father and he pours out what he describes as a helper, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit fills the disciples and the disciples start to basically realize what it is that Jesus has been talking to them about for the last three years. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the church is formed. The church breaks out. And for the first time, there are these gatherings around the person of Jesus through the work of Jesus 
Remember, as Gaz has just led us in communion, where people are going to gather together to remember Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. Listen to these verses in Acts chapter 2. So in terms of our our timeline, what we're talking about here is Jesus has gone back to be with the Father. The Holy Spirit's been poured out upon the disciples and they're starting to worship and to praise God. And and this is where things start getting exciting uh, in Acts. Well, it's all exciting. Obviously, the bit about Jesus was definitely exciting too, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, so in Acts chapter 2, 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and, all, and, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings, and they were distributing the proceeds to all that had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. That would be fun, wouldn't it, to have favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Talk about gathering and giving today. And when you look at what happens here in Acts chapter 2, it's an extraordinary moment. Extraordinary moment that's taken place uh, whereby we see the church is being gathered. And in this passage, what I think we see is, is a number of things. We first of all see uh, a, a church that is gathered. Then we see a church that is generous. We see it and, and giving. Uh, we see a church uh, that we got it up on the screen there. In fact, my little friend. It's my son on the thing, so I can say that. The next slide. Hello? Huh? The next one, not the last one, the next one. That's the one. So they were gathered. It's just because my notes haven't updated. So they were gathered, uh, they gave, there was gladness and there was grace. And we need to see that this is, this is what happens in Nehemiah when he builds the walls and the people start to gather together. But we see the same storyline and we're going to see it right to the end of the age where God is in the business of gathering people together. And as the people came together, they give of themselves. Not just financially, they give their time, their efforts, their money. They give, and they give generously. That's what's happening in chapter 2. I don't know if you've ever been part of like offering days or maybe regular giving in churches or maybe in charities or whatever it may be. I've never come across many people that give in the way that Acts 2 describes, where basically everyone just starts selling everything that they've got in order that no one would have need amongst their community. It's pretty radical when it comes to giving. So they didn't just give. It wasn't just like, oh, you can have this bit. It was like, have it all. Yeah? Uh, And they did it with gladness. So for some of us, we're like, well, I probably could get my head around this. Most of us probably couldn't. I don't know, and I'm in that camp, right? If you just said to me, Ben, sell everything, I would need to have a few prophetic words to say the least, to sell everything and to give everything, right? But, but maybe you could get me there. Maybe you could convince me, but they did it with gladness. These people are giving extraordinary, in extraordinary ways with mass generosity, and they seem to be skipping down the street doing it. There's literally smile from ear to ear, and the last point, therefore, becomes absolutely essential. They did it by the grace of God. What's happened to this community is that the grace of God has found them. Now, you might be like, well, yeah, obviously, but can I just help us understand a little bit what's going on with this community? They are so 
utterly convinced of the person of Jesus Christ, utterly convinced that once they were dead and now alive, utterly convinced that the man Jesus that had been amongst them was legit. It wasn't like he was, he was sort of like a good guy, not even just a, a prophet. He actually was the Messiah who lived and died and rose again. And because of him, has poured out his spirit. Now they're encountering God in a way where his presence has fallen among them. And basically, they just don't know what to do with it in a good way. They're just like, wow, God is real. God is amongst us. And so what happens is, of course, they're going to gather. Why would you not gather? Because we're going to gather together. Jesus told us to break bread and to drink wine and to remember him. And we're going to worship. We're going to spend time together. They didn't have pastors up the front going, please make an effort to get along on a Sunday. And if you could get along to Connect Group, it will really do you good. You couldn't stop these people. They're like busting into each other's houses saying, let's break bread and drink wine because Jesus is alive. And hey, we're gathering on the weekend. Let's take everything we've got. Let's sell everything. And let's take it so that no one would be in need ever again in our community. And they're doing it with these massive smiles on their face because the joy of salvation has reached their hearts. They're covered by the grace of God. There's a grace upon them that's completely wrecked their lives in a positive way. Everything else doesn't matter. It's all about Jesus. And it's all about the gathering of his people in the moment and into the future. And, and what happens is then there's this grace that, that probably they didn't even realize was coming that comes upon them where people then just start getting added. They didn't come up with this like strategy where they're like, well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's go onto this street corner and we'll preach at this time when people are leaving this business. And let's do this and let's do that. And let's come up with a really good... They didn't have Alpha back then. And God bless Alpha. God's, God's used it incredibly. But the, they literally just were worshipping God in the presence of God. And people were in awe and in wonder at what he was doing. And people just started joining them. Because the community that they were looking at was radical. And it was good. It's an amazing moment that happens in the church in, in Acts. And so then as we continue in this theme, I want to say to us, Emmanuel Church, that there is a time for us now to consider gathering. It's a time to gather. And, and a lot of this we've spoken into already, but I just want to, and we're going to actually hear a bit more about it next week, I just want to touch on this briefly. After the last few years and everything that's gone on, it's important that we regather, and I hope that many of you would realize that there, there is an importance to gathering. And I'm all for gathering online and touching base together and using Zoom and Teams, and some of you hate it and some of you love it. Uh, and I'm all for WhatsApp groups that pray and emojis that do this. Uh, they're all right. <laughs> I'm into that. But it's much better to get together and lay hands on a brother or sister and say, in the name of Jesus, in fact, the Bible teaches us to do that. And so I'm not just, we need both, but we do need to make sure that we gather together. Sundays are important. Yeah, don't, don't just see it as an optional end to your week or an optional beginning to your week. As we gather together, we are the saints of God, saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're not gathering to entertain one another. We're gathering around the person of Jesus and I'd love to break bread with big baguettes and nice wine and all that kind of stuff. And if we had a different type of venue, we'd do it differently, I'm sure. And we're going to have moments like that where we will do it. But even the little cups with the wafers and the juice, don't forget the importance of what it is that we're doing. When we come together on a Sunday, it's living bricks coming together and edifying one another and building one another up. It's important. 
When we get together at connect groups, it's not just like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. Oh, have you heard about this Christianity thing? Yeah, I'm signed up to it now. I'm supposed to join this connect group in the week, and yeah, I suppose I'll fit in if I can. It's like a lifeline. It's where life is, because it's where the people of God are. And where the people of God are, God is. Right? (laughs) So it makes sense. Go there, because it will do you good. Gather together and pray without our permission. You're allowed. Yeah, worship him. Invite people over for a coffee or a tea or a cake or whatever you do. I don't do any of those things, but if you do, then do them. Victoria Sponge, let's do that. Three o'clock on the dot. Do these things. Do it to the glory of God. Break bread together. Going on a night out together, fine. Break bread before you go out. Remember all things to the glory of Christ. Connect together. It's important. We've spent time uh, yesterday as women gathering together. Amazing. It was good. Eventually, I was welcome. It was good. No, I loved being with you, honestly. It was, it was superb. And the men's day as well. It's important in this day and age that men and women gather together, that we understand what it is to be men of God and women of God in a world that's utterly confused at the moment, utterly confused, completely running away from what it says in the Bible. And with all grace and all humility, we, we want to keep nurturing what it is that the Bible says in our hearts. But if we don't spend time together, church, we're going to miss it. We need to help one another to so prioritize these kinds of gatherings. We've got our church weekend coming up in June, July. It's later this year. It's much later this year. It's going to be wicked. We had, a, we had it last year, and it's, it's an opportunity to be together. And it's not just the moments where you hear the, the sermons and the worship. Those, those moments are precious, but it's all worship and all to the glory of Jesus Christ. It's fun eating together and staying up and chatting into the night together. And I would say camping, but I'm not really that much of a fan. But it is fun when you're with friends and that people know Jesus. I do hope that there aren't camping trips when we get to heaven. It's one of the things me and God talk about a little bit. But honestly, if you've never been to our church weekend away, come and gather. Come gather. It's in the intention of God that the people of God would gather together. Last year, we took loads of people to New Day. If you don't know about New Day, New Day usually gets a whoop. Where are we on New Day? If you don't know about New Day, get to know about New Day. Because we're seeing a generation emerge, and we want to tell them about Jesus. And here at Emmanuel Church, we are dedicated to the next generation. We will not move from it. We honor the generations that have gone before us, but we are going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and help them understand the Bible to the generation emerging. New Day helps us do that. So come and gather with us. Come camp with us again. Uh, You're seeing a theme here, right? Uh, And if you don't like camping, join the club. Come talk to us. But listen, we we will camp together and we'll serve different areas of the event. And it's going to be awesome. And I promise you this. I promise you this. You will see hundreds of young people come to faith. You will be able to stand and witness moves of God probably like you've never seen before. You will see sick children made well. 100%. You'll see it. You'll see breakthrough like you've never seen it, but you'll also see brokenness on volume. You'll see a generation coming up and you'll be scratching your head thinking, wow, so much pain, so much grief, so much need. And I tell you what it will do, it will cause you to lift your head and say, only Jesus. We gather together, it's important that we gather together. And one of the things that we want to do, church, to gather ourselves together is that we want to get a building. 
We want to get a home for Emmanuel Church London so that when we finish on a Sunday, it's not like Emmanuel doors shut until the next Sunday. We want to have a prominent position in this area. And I just want to talk into that for a moment. We went on a bit of a journey way back when, uh, just at the beginning of COVID, where we felt God speaking to us about going for a building. And there was one particular building that came up that caused us basically to start a building fund. And it was a a building that was in Greenwich, and it seemed to fit like it would be able to do everything. We'd be able to gather there to do everything that we wanted to do. And so we launched this building fund. And over the last two years, we've raised a lot of money because of you. So we set out on this journey to to raise £200,000. Up to date, we've raised just over 145k, I think. By the end of April, that will be in excess of 170k, and that's with us having given away to help some church plants get established and investing into getting a cap centre established in the Greenwich area. In addition to that, last year we raised 5k in, in excess of 5k to help the church weekend away. And in addition to that, the war in Ukraine, we also gave to some of the church needs out there. Look around. We're not a big church. Thank you. Thank you so much. Whether you gave 50p or whatever it is that you gave, whether you gave a one-off gift or whether you've been giving faithfully over this period of time, and that comes to the end in April, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for seeing a bigger picture. Thank you for praying and taking time to get before God. Thank you for allowing the generosity of the Father to hit your heart. Thank you. It puts us in a position now where we can seriously look at making some steps forward. The particular property we wanted to go for for various reasons wasn't possible. Someone else ended up coming in for it. The lease length ended up shrinking, and it wasn't the right one for us. And so what happened is that we started to scout out the land like spies, uh, and we started to look at various different buildings, and we started to go on a bit of a journey. We assembled a building team, lots of different gifts here in the church to help us around thinking financially and thinking about getting loans and thinking about buildings and surveying. Uh, Nick Boot Hanford led and leads that team and big up to you thank you for all the time that you guys have invested Uh, and particularly Nick just really helping us go well what is it that we actually want here and we started to go on a journey and here's what happened a little bit is that we realized that rather than a conventional approach to getting a building where a building would do everything that we want it to do in one i.e. Sundays, offices, studios, space to pray, reaching the community, all these kinds of things, that actually there was a lot of benefit to where we meet here at the Odeon Cinema. And in order to get a building that would do all of those things, we would probably need about £70,000 million. And as we started to pray about it, and I have, I've got a faith journey in me, right? But when they come to some of these figures and with everything that's going on on the peninsula, it just felt God was kindly nudging us in a different direction. And oddly, I started to come across a few pastors that were actually doing it really differently. And they were maintaining a Sunday venue higher and then getting a midweek venue that would do everything else that they want to do. And so we started exploring that as well. And as we started to explore that, we started to look at some venues and started to be like, do you know what? This, this might be where God's taking us. This could be what God has got in store for us. And at this particular time, I remember I was praying, and, and we've just been praying for a long time about this, and we kept saying, so, and some of you have been in prayer meetings with it and faithful just to keep praying, God, please just show us the right building. 
And at this time, I also came across a prophetic word. So this is where we believe that God still speaks today. Uh, and someone, a, a man from another church, his name is Phil Wilthew, and um, he's a good friend of ours here at Emmanuel and at New Day as well. He helps lead the King's Arm Church in Bedford. Now, in 2014, so this is before me and Vicky were even part of Emmanuel Church, he gave a prophetic word to the church that's often referenced. And I, I just want to touch on that uh, a little bit because it's quite encouraging. Um, so he, he talked about um, essentially us being a landmark church um, and carrying something significant to display the glory of Jesus Christ and that it would be visible to the world around us, which was wonderfully encouraging, I'm sure, at the time. He talked about us being a church that would be known for being radically generous. If you know Stu and Livy Gibbs, <laughs> they're selling in them that they've deposited here. And when we came to this church, we came from and we have come from a very generous church in Southampton. This church, for the amount of people, there's something deep in Emmanuel that absolutely is radically generous. I honestly hear stories of people's needs being met sometimes without any interference from leadership. It's beautiful. Again, thank you, church. But this was Phil speaking this over us. He, he said we're going to be a church specifically that would stand up and speak out on behalf of the poor and those that can't speak for themselves. That we'd be a church specifically that would fight for social injustice. That's in us, isn't it? Last week when Stu was speaking to us, I could tell. You guys are like, yes, this is good. We need to push into this. He talked about purity and communications. Then he gets, you get to the end of it. It's a long list of all kinds of different things. And one of the things he says is that you're going to go on a European adventure, particularly working with a church in Germany and the Netherlands. Now, this week I've been at prayer and fasting. And as well as the church in Brighton that we're connected with, we're connected with a church in Berlin and Amsterdam. And those of you that aren't good at your geography, that's Germany and the Netherlands. Now, this was in 2014. Now, I'm sat in this prayer meeting. Now, to most people, when you say it, you're like, well, yeah, okay. This was 2014, and a man that's speaking out on behalf of God is saying, you're going to have a relationship with those two nations. The world's a big place, right? All kinds of different nations that he could have named. And then he says, you're going to have a particular relationship with one of them. And there is. There's, just, there's a nearness of relationship with one of these churches. We love them both, but there is something forming, I think. Then in addition to that, he said that I see an increased infrastructure. I see buildings and offices. And I see a building next to a new development with a curvy glass front. So just log, log that in your head. Oh, no, there it is. He's beating me to it. <laughs> we should have done it. So... This is, this is the building that we went to see recently. Now, just next to this, this is a new development that was built on the hospital, the old hospital in Greenwich. And this building here, we've been inside it, and we, we, we want to go for it, church. And, and behind it is, is the Greenwich Centre. And on top of the Greenwich Centre, it's got these curves like that, which essentially the architect built to have waves to represent Greenwich because of the Cutty Sark. And, and so I look back on a word like this, and at the time... I basically am scrolling back through Rightmove, and we've seen this property pop up before, but it had disappeared for a long time. So in the same sort of season, as a week it was, as reading that prophetic word and then saying, God, please show us, this pops back up. Then I end up remembering uh, Kenny, who's in Belfast, another church that we're linked with, said, I see you guys getting hold of a building that's surrounded by glass, and as people walk down the street, they're going to be able to look in and know that it's Emmanuel Church London. 
A few weeks ago, I was at Clear Vision, and a young guy comes up to me, and we're all praying for Emmanuel Church, and he prays, and he says, Ben, I don't know what it is, but I see you getting hold of a building that's surrounded by glass, and people are going to be able to look in and know that it's Emmanuel Church London. So this is exciting, isn't it? And you start to get to the place where you're like, God, yeah, I think you're speaking. <laughs> if I wasn't already there, I am there now. And so what we want to do is we want to we look at this, this kind of space to, to keep hold of the Odeon, uh, to keep gathering on a Sunday. We've got faith to get into the, the screen next door because we want to grow. And it's got loads of benefits. If you grew up in southeast London, you know where the Odeon Cinema is in Greenwich, okay? It's a bit of a landmark. Also, there are no venues that I've seen, literally zero, that have got a car park for hundreds and hundreds of spaces out the front for free on a Sunday morning. It doesn't exist. There's a lot of benefit. I know some of you, there'll be other things as well. I get that. No building will be perfect. And so this building, what we'd love to do is to go for it to be a midweek venue. A space where we'll be able to have offices. A space where we'll be able to pass the people and invite people to come and have a coffee. A space where we'll be able to study in peace and quiet without children running in. And I love the children running in, but just somewhere to, to do that would be great. We'll be able to use a space where we'll be able to gather the community together, invite people in to use our space, to pray together, to serve the community, to do all the things that we've been doing and some. Without every week thinking, where are we going to gather our young people? Where are we going to gather an alpha course? Because we want this to be it. And so we've started to engage in negotiations, church. And it's exciting. And we've not heard back yet, but we need to pray. There's other interest in on it. It's in a prime location. Uh, and there is other interest. And I'd love you to join in by praying for this building particularly. Church, it's a time to gather for us. It's a time to gather. But because of all of these things, it's also a time for us to give. And here's where we're at. If we go to the next slide, that would be great. It's a time to give. In the next month, through the course of March, we want to take the opportunity to basically invite all of us to consider our regular giving. So we're not going to do another building offering. The way that we want to do it is for all of us to consider our regular giving. And I'm going to talk into that in just a moment. We are in a situation where we need to see regular giving go up by in excess of £50,000 a year. Now that might sound like a really big figure. It, it is. So we want to be sober about that. And we want to be real about that. But we do believe that it's something that God has put before us. And genuinely, as elders, as the core team, as the building team and trustees have spoken and prayed together, we are one of heart. We want to go for this. And we're believing God for it. And so we want you to consider praying with us about what it is that you might be able to give. And I just wanted to share a little bit about how me and Vix would do this ourselves now and over the years as well, just to give some context. So when we talk about regular giving, we have always moved into a place where we want to, to give on a regular basis out of what we receive, out of our wages, essentially, and anything else that comes in as well. And what we're really aiming for when we give is that we don't want to give out of pressure. We don't want to give because it's the law, because we don't believe in that. Jesus came to fulfill the law. We want to give with grace in our hearts. And we want to give in a way that is sacrificial, so we're not just going to give in a way that doesn't 
doesn't matter. It's like we, we wouldn't even know whether we did or didn't. We want it to, to matter to us as a family. We want to consider what is it going to cost us as a family in order to give to the local church. And then at the very same time, so we want to be sacrificial. At the very same time, just like the people in Acts, we want to be filled with joy when we do it. So every time our money comes out at the beginning of every month, and it's the first bill that we send out, every time it comes out, we're not going, oh, I wish that didn't happen. We're going, was that a sneeze or a laugh? Okay, I'm just checking, because that would have been really awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> I love awkward moments. Let's just live for it. So we want to give sacrificially, but we want to give with joy. So when that money goes out, it's like, yeah, we are counting the cost, but we're saying, I'm so glad, God, that we can give to see your church flourish and grow. And so whoever you are here today, if, if Emmanuel's your home, if you consider yourself to be an Emmanuel light or whatever you would call it, a member of Emmanuel Church London, I want you to consider giving regularly. If you're not already do it, doing it, I would just encourage you, just pray before God. It's a wonderful thing to be caught up in the vision of God. Say, so what could I be giving? If you are maybe just giving in part here and there, maybe the next step for you is to say, well, actually, I'm going to get some regularity about that. And it's going to be every time I get paid, I'm going to give. If you're already giving, then it may be an opportunity for you to give more. Now, listen, I say all of this in the absolute knowledge that we are in an economic downturn. So please don't mishear me. In, in any way, as elders, as, as a core team, do we want any of you to leave this place today under any sense of pressure? But I do want to say this is that when we hit moments like this where it feels like everything's against us, it's very easy for fear to creep in. And it may be that you're sat there, well, you don't understand. And none of us really understand because none of us are particularly open with our finances, I guess. But one of the best antidotes to fear when it comes to money is to get into the discipleship of Jesus. And when you get into the discipleship of Jesus, the way that he helps us overcome fear is to give. So I want to encourage you, even if it's a really small amount, the smallest amount, no one's going to chase you. There's very, very few people that would even see who's giving anything. But I would give. I would give in the knowledge that I'm helping invest into the kingdom of God. And I want to do it sacrificially. And I want to do it full of joy. Because the most precious thing is Jesus and his people. And so we're going to give out next week, uh, on the next slide, we're going to give out this form. So you're going to have an opportunity to get hold of this form next week, stick it on your fridge or keep it in your handbag or whatever you want to do. And over the next few weeks, pray. Pray what it is that you could start doing. And you're going to have an opportunity to be in these first two boxes over this left-hand side to say whether you're going to give on a monthly basis or a weekly basis or if there's another basis that you'd like to give. And um, this is, if you are already giving, this is just starting from scratch, essentially. So you're just saying, this is when I'm going to start and this is what I'm going to give. If it just continues to be the same, that's absolutely fine, not a problem at all. Now, for some of you in this period, you'll be thinking that you just want to give a one-off gift and that will be absolutely fine as well. And we've made that available to do. So we want to we wanna go on this adventure church. And, and as we progress forward with this and we pursue this building, uh, I'm so excited for what God's going to do. Not just by, about getting a building uh, in terms of seeing our regular giving go up or anything like that, but I love what God's doing in our hearts at the moment. I love the fact that we've got an opportunity to reevaluate this for all of us and say, God, I want to keep investing into the kingdom of God. I want to give because you have freely given me. I want to freely give away. 
I'm excited for seeing a building emerge amongst us as a family when we can gather together, where we can put Emmanuel Church London on the side of a building and be proud of it every time we see it, not for our own sake or for our own glory, but the name of Jesus would be established and held up high. I love the fact that it's on an old hospital site. Katie Greenway was born there. How right is it that we go back there? (laughs) I was going to say something else, but no. Uh, When it was being built, when we were praying the other day, in fact, Livy Gibbs reminded us that there were these boards that were around the site when it was being built, and it was something like the heart of London, heart of Greenwich. Heart of Greenwich. That's what we want to be, right? We want to be a hospital for people that don't know Jesus Christ. We want to be a hospital for people that are broken and pushed to the fringes. We want to have open doors and say, come here. You know, we might not agree on everything, but we want to love you and we want to pray for you. We want to show you Jesus because he's real and he's going to change your life. We want to gather our young people and, and them know, yes, Cam, give it up. Come on, mate. We want to gather our young people without them moving from building to building. We want to pray together, all of these things. And I believe, church, with all my heart, that this is where the Lord's taking us. And so, church, it's it's time to build. It's time to gather. It's time to give. But we want to do it with gladness in our hearts. And we want to do it with all grace. We need grace in a moment like this, don't we? And so I'd love you just to stand with me now. And we're going to begin this journey together And um, we're going to do it by just asking God to give us grace. The people in Acts, they saw who Jesus really was. And they were filled with his spirit. And nothing held them back. (laughs) That's what I want to pray for us today, church. Not a pressure. You just don't need to feel that. If there's anything in you that is, is, this has led to pressure, that is not God. It's not him. So be free. Jesus said to his disciples, freely you receive, freely give. So now, church, here's where I want us to start, is freely receive. Freely receive again the salvation that was won for you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Freely receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to pray that he comes now and that he fills us and that he helps us consider this journey over the next months together prayerfully before him. Is that okay? So you might want to open your hands just as a a way of showing him that you want to receive. And um, in the Holy Spirit, now I invite you to come and I pray for an outpouring of your grace in this place. We want to pray your grace upon us. Lord, it's a tough time. You know it is. You know bills are on the up. You know mortgages and rents are going up and food shopping's going up. You know it all. And Lord, this is your timing. (laughs) This has come up in your timing. And so here we are, Lord. We're saying, Lord, please speak to us. Please lead us. Please give us grace to give. pray that there'd be none here today that would feel any sense of pressure um, but we just feel a sense of real gladness that we belong to you <laughs> a real sense of gladness that we're saved that we're part of the family that we're gathered to the throne of God now and forever and ever 
I pray the joy of God would just fill this place now. Pray that you'd remind us that one day every one of us that know you, Lord God, will gather around the throne and we will worship you forever and ever and ever. It's good news. It's good news. And Lord, we don't want to hide it. We want to shout it from the rooftops. And so give us a building that would give us prominence. Give us a building that would display the glory of Christ Jesus right across this area. Lord, we're praying it. We're asking that you would move us forward, Lord God, not for our sake, but for your glory, Lord Jesus. So as we worship now, I say, Spirit of God, come and move amongst your people. Come and deposit fresh faith and fresh joy in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.